0: With you this week are Anthony Fleming's and JT McCraw. Well, gentlemen, let's begin. No, no. (laughs) Let
1: us begin. Try that again.
0: Well, gentlemen, let us begin. God, so dramatic.
1: Why are you being so dramatic with my my culture. What's going on, man? What
0: culture is that? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, hey, how you doing? I'm somber, man. Why are you somber? Because this is uh, the whole thing, you know, when we were coming up with our own ideas or what we're going to talk about, like I could go towards my strengths. Mm. And then Steven came up with something that I probably feel the most inadequate, mm-hmm. ill-prepared, and confident in and so, that's being a father and raising a son so in other words Stephen is stretching you and you <laughs> don't like it yeah I don't like it yeah okay leave my body alone I don't need to be
1: stretched you know I mean we're sitting here in the studio you know it's I love coming here now you know why I love coming here it's because you like being in skyscrapers no because I like because Jonas always has my grandson here ah so this is kind of like uh you know when steven was talking how he his grandson yeah now, you know yeah. so i kind of um kind of hit home with me because it's like all the mistakes i made with my boys redemption yeah i get to have redemption so yeah, that's great man as long as you know jonas gives me permission yeah I, he's the dad i mean i gotta ask him if absolutely I can do the crazy like steven said that you know he take boys and jump them out and they jump
0: out of planes you know stuff like that i have
1: to ask permission for
0: every grandchild that's going to be his dream he says he wants to make sure that they get the opportunity to jump out of an airplane i know that's crazy crazy man but you got to have the permission yeah so he did bring up a great topic
1: um and it's very important these days that we as fathers really do raise our sons uh, in this masculine this man community that he kept talking about, Hey, we're in this, we're kind of in this club together. right? You know? And uh, to give them some, a sense of identity to give them, you know, to raise them uh, sort of right from the beginning. Uh, and, and again, if you're a dad and you're, you're listening to this and you didn't do any of this and your kids are still at home you can always get started. So we please understand that this is not anything but encouraging all fathers to raise their boys, no matter when they get started. The point is just to take some practical things and just raise them to be men.
0: You know, and we came right into the bill today and we need to be clear about what it is we're doing. But each week, Stephen is going to kind of give an overview, something that compels men to be great. Yeah. And it's going to be subject matter or some some uh, larger subject. And then the next week or the following week, we come alongside of him and we kind of debrief that, break it down. And what I said last time was if he throws a hundred dollar bill on the table, we take it and turn it into nickels and pennies. Yeah. So that's what's happening today. And this one is called The Bill. And Stevens is called The Talk. The Talk. Got it. Cool.
1: But I have found out his secret, by the way. What? So, you know, we, we all think that steven is this brainiac this Mm, academic this you know can he just sits on planes and thinks about what to talk about all the time you know while he's drinking probably a martini with his pinky hanging out or something (laughs) but really it's bev ah he gets all the content from her i think i
0: think that she says you need to talk about this yeah and then he goes okay And he
1: does it. That's what I think.
0: Yeah. And he's cool enough and versed enough. And I just love how this guy can go on and on and on and talk deeply about almost any subject. And while I'm on that, I promised myself I wanted to do this today. I just want to say to every gentleman or every woman that's listening to this podcast, how proud I am of you. And I think that we could really hang out and we could be cool friends because I'm always a learner, and I just think about all the subject matter that's out there that someone's sitting down and learning what it means Mm -hmm. to be a great man. Yeah. So I I just applaud you for that. It's good. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. Good.
1: Was that to? I mean, you're looking at me saying this stuff. I think it's just. I I think what you're doing is using the men out there, but you actually really just mean me. So won't you just say?
0: JT. I'm proud of. So we uh, can we can clear another thing up right now. Anytime that I'm seeing things that are very generous. Yeah. And complimentary. Yeah. You can take it to your heart that I'm generally not speaking about you.
1: See? Yeah.
0: This is what I love about our
1: friendship. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about
0: everybody else. (laughs) That's that
1: free fire zone. Yeah. There you go. Okay, So one statistic that Stephen brought up and when I speak on this issue Publicly, I use this same statistic uh, because I stole it from him. I'll let him do all the research and then I'll just repeat. But it's the one that said that even if you're not the biological father to a boy and to kids in general, you can make up up to 80 percent of what that child needs from a biological father. And yeah. th- that's pretty encouraging, uh, especially if I think if you're a single mom listening to this podcast, or, you know, a stepfather, uh, an adoptive father, even a foster father, a coach. I mean, it's just amazing that that's a that's a large percentage that 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 you can give a kid that he grows up to be healthy, balanced, uh, well prepared for life. So if you're in that situation, even like an older guy like me or well, let me rephrase that an older guy like Anthony, you know, you can. Coach a baseball team, you can do things uh, if you're an uncle if you're a grandfather if, you know you can you can really impact a boy's life yeah and that I found that very very encouraging because sometimes we we see these statistics uh, about fatherlessness and about what goes on and again i'm not going to go through the whole gamma, but we we do know that if you grow don't grow up without a father, then the chances are higher that you're going to have poor academic performance, you're going to have behavioral problems, uh, you know, aggression, delinquency, things that you're just not taught to, Hey, be on time somewhere or do, do the right thing in this situation. If the, a man is not there, a father's not there to guide that and to teach that, then uh, they can get off the rails. They have way higher mental health issues, higher rates of poverty, very unlikely to have a positive relational Experience with the opposite sex um, hmm. have a higher rate crime rate,
0: committing more crimes. Yeah,
1: I remember. Now, my mother did we call a prison ministry for a very long time, fifty years. Yeah, and she even said this that most of the men in there didn't have a father. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and even higher health problems. Uh, just again, because you're not taught certain things that can, I believe, can only be taught from a man. Now, that's not to say. Again, we we love single mothers and and divorced mothers that just don't have the support. But there is it's true that there are only things that a man can teach a boy.
0: Yeah. And, you know, when we were about to discuss this and I'm driving over today and just thinking about it, I'm saying, but what about what about the men or what about the boys that will listen to this today? They may even check out or they may feel like that this is not for me. There's nothing in there for me. I'm not a father. I don't plan to be a father. I'm too young to be a father, mm-hmm. all these kinds of things. And a verse came to me out of Matthew, man. Do you remember when. uh when when somebody came in and told Jesus, he, they said, hey, your mom and your brothers are here and they want to talk to you. Yeah, And he said, what? Who is my mom? Yeah. You know, who is my brother? And he said, if you follow what I say, if you do the things that God is telling you to do, that is my mother. That is my brother. And it made me think about something like he wasn't dissing his mother and his brother, but he understood that he had a mandate that was for the loss, Mm -hmm. And I and this is me embellishing the Bible right now. But I feel like that Jesus was kind of like I've given them the best of me. Mm. I know and I'm confident that they have what they need from me. But there are those out there that don't have that. And we say something for the sake of. Of others yeah it's a saying that we have and i just think about that even as you know we think about being a father or fathering someone or being a son that there are opportunities in all of our lives man that we are not necessarily looking at our blood relatives our blood son because as i look across the table at you jt i am older than you but i look at you a lot of times to having fathered me in situations when we sit down and you talk to me and, and because of the advantages that you've had to be fathered in a different way than I have, I still look at you and I'm smart enough to look at other men like Steven and get fathered, so to speak and receive it as a son. So there is opportunity for all of us, even if we don't have kids or even if we are grandparents or whatever we are, there's still this opportunity, not necessarily biological or people that are actually intimately connected to us, but we can take on that posture of a father for others around us. Yeah. And it's a great point because uh, just think about if
1: you're in high school, so if you're a high schooler listening to this podcast, you can take some of these practical things and look at a middle schooler and help him learn things
0: that he needs in his tool belt to build the life that he wants and possibly a senior. If you're a 10th grader, it's possible sure. to even take that posture of fathering to someone that is older, to, older than you. Just like I said about you, because yeah. you've had advantages and you've been taught some lessons probably at 10 or 12 that I'm still learning at 58. So it's, it, we're never bound by this age thing. I think it's a posture of being willing To give what we have, yeah, and not be selfish
1: and not be so self-centered, in order to do that. Sure, I did come up with a list, and I'll go by through these one by one, and let's just kind of chat about it for a minute because this is a practical list that I think as as we're talking about raising boys, because again. Like Anthony, you've been very forthright about your upbringing. You just didn't have a dad around to teach you these things. And you've done an incredible job of being a father with your kids, both of them very successful in whatever they do. They're both good looking, which that came from your wife. So that Absolutely. does count. Sorry. But, you know, they're just well-rounded, very respectful. You know, you can tell that they had both parents in the house. Thanks, man.
0: That's important.
1: So. I'm going to go one by one. There's, there's seven things that I wrote down. Yeah. And these are just, again, super practical to help you guys uh, have the right mindset when you're uh, wanting to raise your sons or that you're involved in some other boy's life as an uncle, grandfather, friend, coach, whatever that you can help. Or even a peer. And a peer, sure. First one is you are the role model. Uh, And simply that just means that you you're the one that has to set the example because masculinity and and becoming a man is more it's more of a boy watching what a man does. And then he imitates that because he's trying to figure it out. And so he's going to imitate it. So you have to be the role model of noble, righteous behaviors and attitudes. It's both. It's both behaviors and Mm -hmm. attitudes even how to treat others with honor, with respect, with kindness. You know, kindness is not a bad word. And men, we should be kind when it calls for it. And then we can be assertive when it calls for it or aggressive when When it calls for it, I like what Jordan Peterson says about. I I listened to him. uh, listened to a taping of him, and he said, "You know, the meek shall inherit the earth." And we think that's you know lowly, you know weak, weak. But it literally means I can use my sword, but I keep it sheathed. Right. So I'm I'm able to be violent. I'm able to be aggressive, but also self control is real important. Yeah. So that's the first one.
0: You are the role model. The role model. Yeah. And, you know, I like to talk about some things in my life that matter and and that I learn things from as well. But, you know, at work, JT, I had a, a gentleman come in. I worked for a high end steakhouse and and situations come up all the time. And there, I got the message that there was a drunk guy out at the table and he was kind of being very disrespectful and being very sexual and vulgar. Uh, Just with any number of staff and just kind of doing things, everything that you would hope that wouldn't happen with a guest. And so I walk out to the table and immediately he starts calling me the N-word. Are you serious? Yep. And he starts when I'm trying to talk to him and calm him down, he starts to tell me how I'm a peon. And he goes on to kind of say, you know, people that work for you and I'm a millionaire. And he goes through all this stuff, man. He's just Going and going and going. But the one thing that I got right this time is I had decided, and you taught me this, about refusing to become offended. And we're talking about being the role model. So I have staff around me and there's guests around me and this guy is mouthing off but i'm refusing to be offended and i just begin to ask him some very pointed questions you know what are you doing here today i noticed that there's two seats is there somebody else with you blah 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 we're talking and at some point he goes something something my wife and just internally i said this has got something to do with a lot outside of this situation and so i begin to dig into the thing about his wife And he began to share with me how they had had this disturbing conversation and that she was actually a drug addict. Man, he gives me his whole life story because I refuse to get offended. And my staff is watching me take this abuse and yet and still try and serve this person yeah and anyway it it didn't turn out great like i didn't get a chance to lead him to the lord or we became best friends or something like that but i did manage that situation without getting offended and i also got him to become very honest with me and i took him outside and i actually sat outside and talked to him for Mm -hmm. about 10 minutes man but i'm just thinking about what you said being the role model because there's been some situations like that where i was actually i've snatched people up by their throat and drug them out of the restaurant before. Is,
1: is that the time that you were on TMZ?
0: No, that wasn't it. That wasn't my fault when I was on TMZ.
1: I know, but I'm saying, hey, guys, go go Google <laughs> TMZ and Anthony Flemings. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, you'll find it.
0: Yeah, it's fun. But I'm just thinking about being a role model, man. And I felt good about that situation afterwards because I said it could have played out so many ways. And then the witness and and the person that I want to be there inside of my building and leading the young generation that's in my building, I could have torn it down and just been another guy that got offended and got violent and got out of control. But for this one situation, I did get a chance to successfully navigate this without going to strength or without going to vulgarities or without going to all these other things that we classically think about being a man. Yeah. And I do, some of my staff came back to me and they go, I don't know how you did that. Yeah. I don't know how you did that. But we need to be that example as well too sometimes. Yeah. And
1: it's in the little things too. I mean, your kids are watching, and I'm, I'm guilty of this. My kids are watching me drive. My kids are watching how I talk to my wife in the house. Right. My kids are watching me how I, handle a hard situation like that. Yeah, My kids are watching how I talk to the neighbors and then what I say about the neighbors when I come back inside. And if it's different, (laughs) that's the kind of the simple practical things they're always watching. I remember one time, and my kids will remember this, we were sitting at at, at Sonic. So you know at Sonic you pull up and you're outside. And we're sitting there and the car next to me rolled down their window and dropped their bag. Mm. And I, again, I didn't do all parenting correct for sure. But this is one moment that I'm proud of myself because I went, okay, this is a moment that I can actually teach my kids. To mm-hmm. something. So I got out of my car, I went over and I picked up the bag and I tapped on the window and I just simply said, <laughs> you dropped this. <laughs> and my kids couldn't hear what I was saying. I said, yeah. my kids are watching and you're teaching them to litter and I'm teaching them to when somebody does it, that they need to take care of that. I say, so could you take this back and throw it? And these, these were teenagers, and they were looking at me like, holy cow, this yeah. man, who is this dude? And I went and got back in my car, and they were like, you know, I explained to them, hey, look, we don't litter. And that's a lesson that, again, I knew in the moment that this was a lesson that I was going to teach. Yeah. That's me being a role model Absolutely. in that situation. But it, again, it's all the little practical things, you know,
0: how, how you – how you are in your house is how your kids will be outside of the house. Yep. You mentioned something too about being in the car, like being in the car is kind of like being on the internet like you're safe and you're in your own space and nobody can really get to you. And you'll behave some ways inside of your car that you normally would not behave. Right. And I've taught my kids that when people do strange stuff in traffic, not to react. And the first thing that we want to do when we catch up to that car and we pull up beside them is to do what? stare at them. Yeah. You look at them like what, like what's wrong with you. Right. And my daughter, she always corrects us now (laughs) if we happen to fall and do that. (laughs) And I told her today, actually Mm -hmm. I did it today And I said, well, I'm just checking to see if he looks as stupid as he (laughs) behaved. And she thought that was pretty funny. Uh, But just those small things, man. And I tell my wife all the time that we need to be careful and cautious about that because – You can start something simply by staring at somebody. And again, in these situations, we're raising our kids to navigate life safely. We're leading in our homes, hoping that those people that we love will navigate life safely. And just small little moments like that where we teach somebody, don't be that person that pulls up on the side of somebody else after they've made a mistake and try to stare them down because it can push some people into a place where they have to react. Yeah. So, again, guys, think
1: about the areas that you're teaching your kids by them watching you. And then there are those times that you can teach them a lesson. But as Steven said, it's more of not lecturing and more of acting and doing something together, whatever that may be. Uh, But again, man, these kids are watching you very, very intently. Secondly, it was about physical activity and play rough play. Yeah, You know, you can kids, especially boys learn boundaries by, playing with their fathers, or they can do it with playing with other boys too, but specifically playing with their fathers because you know, I remember one time one of my boys, we were wrestling, he <clears throat> hit me in a place that <clears throat> was uh, a <laughs> uh made my, I went to a the I, I, I went re- real high real quick, and again I got onto him because hey that's out of bounds, you, you don't ever hit a man there, unless you have to in a fight but <laughs> You know, but that was a boundary that they learned. They, yeah, that's physical activity is also, you know, are you, are you being physically fit in your own house? Are you, do you have a workout routine Are your kids watching you do these things because they're going to, again, going back to the role model, they're going to probably do some of the things that you're doing Yeah, if it's their proclivity. It's not always going to be that way, but they are watching. So it's important to be physically active and rough play with your kids, especially your boys, not your girls, with your boys to teach them those boundaries.
0: Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times when people from the outside, they look in and they see this behavior that maybe that a father has with a son, they think it's just all ridiculous. It's just all fun. And it is. But there's some valuable things to be learned, even in roughhousing and Mm -hmm. wrestling, Mm -hmm. because one thing it does for a boy when you're a boy and you look at your father, I know that you feel like that that's Superman. Mm-hmm. There is nobody stronger than him. There's nobody able to do more damage than him. And then you as a boy are able to wrestle with him. And every father will do this, man. He'll let you get him in some t- in some situation and he'll pretend like, you know, you yeah. have the hope. Oh, yeah. You got me. Yeah. And when you do that, man, it builds a confidence in a boy that says I'm capable if I need to be. And so it builds a a confidence in a boy. And so that is what the father is imparting to the son as well, that he's giving him confidence to behave in these ways that are physical and not every physical activity is something demeaning. Some of it, it's sports. Some of it is a challenging, you Mm -hmm. could be an athlete Mm -hmm. or you could be a lot of different things, but it gives a boy confidence that he was able to hang in there with his father. And on the flip side of that, when your son kicked you in the balls, I'm sure that, you know, the look on your face was like, oh, my gosh, I'm about to get in trouble.
1: Well, no, he couldn't see my face because I was on the floor. You were screaming. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But but when he looks at you and he knows what you're capable of and you don't behave in that capacity with all of your strength and retaliate, it teaches him restraint. Yeah, because he realizes at that point that he could really be demolished by you. But you hold restraint. You hold your strength in restraint out of respect and love for him. And that's a lesson in itself because we're going to be called to do that over and over and over again. We're going to have some specific strength. It could be to just blast somebody or fire somebody or act out physically. But when you teach restraint like that, that's an important lesson for a boy to learn too. And this, again, this is just not about fathers. It's, I I remember a
1: lesson I learned from another man growing up. Uh, I was probably about, 12, 13 years old, something like that. And, you know, I thought it'd be funny if I acted like I was going to hit this man in his face, but just barely get close to his nose, you know, that (laughs) kind of thing. And uh, he's a he's a big dude. And I hit him like square in the nose. And he just looked at me, didn't do anything. He goes, well, he goes, I think you hit me. I said, I'm so I mean, I felt I'm so sorry. You know, he goes, don't ever do that again, young man. And that's all he said. And he, he's had a deep voice. And it scared... I've never, to this day, acted like I was going to punch somebody in the face. Yeah. But that was a lesson that, again, it was... I was playing around, but yet he showed restraint, but taught me a lesson. You never do that to an older man. You never act like that. You can do that with your, your, your bros and your friends, but don't do that to me. Yeah. And he was just as stoic. <laughs> I mean, it was a great lesson for me. But, it, again, the rough play being physically active, you know, with your
0: kids. I mean, that's just super, super important. So what happens if your son is bigger than you? Cause at this point, I'm kind of concerned that (laughs) I'm not the tallest guy or the biggest guy around and my kid is growing pretty fast. So I'm a little concerned at the moment about this whole uh, dominance thing.
1: Yeah. So let me give you a hint and everybody listening. So my second son played rugby. He's two-time national champion uh, in college. I mean, he's a, he's a big kid. And as he was growing up, he would be the one that would test me the most. So here's what you do. By the way, I remember the last time we wrestled because I put his butt in the wall and actually caved in the drywall. And I was like, I'm not fixing that because that is evidence that I can still kick your butt. Right. <laughs> but I've always told him, I said, do you, you may get stronger than me. But the problem is you'll quit and I won't. Mm. So you can hit me. You can come after me, but I'm not quitting until I win. I said, that's the advantage I have from you. And by the way, I'm much smarter than you. Yeah. So that's what you got to do, Jonas. You have have to instill some sort of fearful respect that my dad and I've always told him at some point you have to go to sleep. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know what's going to happen when you do that. Uh, <laughs> so it's just these these ga- these mind games that you got to play as they get older and bigger. And because uh, honestly, probably both my boys could whip me now. So good question, though. Thank you. Yeah. Here's another one. Number three is foster independence. Ryan Mickler has another uh, podcast that I really, really like. And I like Ryan. And he, he said something one time that I was when I was listening and he said, it's my job as a father to become obsolete. I was like, wow, what does he mean by that? And what he meant by that was I'm going to teach my kids everything that I know so that they don't need me anymore. And they'll just want to be with me. There's not a need. It turns into I want to be with my dad. Sure. And as they grow older, too. So he just wasn't thinking about, you know, from the time they're, you know, one to 18. He was thinking 18 till he he passes on. And I just thought, man, what a brilliant way to say Make your kids independent. And that doesn't mean we talk about band of brothers all the time that we're not talking about individualism where you don't need anybody.
0: Right. It's just that, no, you teach them in such a way that they can stand on their own two feet. Capable of doing things alone. And and I know it, it, this is about how you raise a son. This is something that I did with both of my kids starting at a very young age, I put them in very stressful situations Mm -hmm. when dealing with adults. So if something was wrong with their food, I would make them speak to the server. Mm -hmm. If something needed to be returned, I would give it to them and let them go to the counter and talk to the person at the counter. But I put them in situations where they definitely were not equipped to do it, but I told them how to do it. The verbiage to use even on telephone calls, you know, if they needed to call and talk to their teacher about something or something that had happened, I would give them, you know, hints on how to achieve it and then make them do it. I mean, starting at six, seven years old, just standing up, being able to say those things. And even as they got older, 10 or 12 years old, letting them handle situations. And both of them right now, they speak. Very comfortably with adults. Yeah, they are not afraid to say, I disagree with that. That's that's actually not what I meant or just all those kinds of things. And those are, again, important skills for any young person to have, especially a man, because believe it or not, guys, if other men have the ability to say something to you and just demand it of you. And even if you don't agree with it, you just acquiesce to it. It gives them the idea that they can push anything over on you. And it's going to set you back in certain situations when you fail to stand up and just go, I don't agree with that. And so we have to teach our kids to be comfortable in disagreeing and not just always want compliance. Right. Even now when it comes up and my kids are not willing to comply because it's not something that they don't believe because they don't believe it. They're going to tell me that. And ultimately I have the ability to say, okay, I understand you disagree with that. This is what we're going to do in this situation. Mm -hmm. But I love to see them fight back a bit sometimes because I know that I taught them to do that. Yeah. And what you're teaching them
1: is to make a decision and then take responsibility for that decision. Sure, And that can start. I remember when Stephen was talking about it and he said it real quickly. But when he was talking to his grandson, he goes, do you want me to lock the door or do you want to lock the door? He allowed that kid to make that decision and then take responsibility for it whichever decision he made and yeah. i thought that was again that's just a these small practical things that we can do most of the things that we teach our kids are not on the larger scale yeah they're definitely on the smaller scale and again going back you know teaching him to be self-sufficient take care of himself going back to teaching your boy to shave that's teaching him independence because he'll never need anybody to shave him very
0: practical skills
1: yeah how to tie a tie how to change a tire all these things that instead of sitting on the couch and watching tv that you can go out and do these things and and it gives that builds in a boy such confidence and it does make you seem more like superman because my hey my dad's teaching me this thing yeah and when they're not with you and they're around a bunch of boys that don't know how to do anything man, you talking about chest coming out, Absolutely, going, man, I, you, you don't know how to tie a tie. I remember, uh, in another episode, Steven said that he didn't, he went to college and he didn't know how to shave. Yeah. And I was thinking back, well, my dad taught me how to shave. I mean, I had, I didn't have hair on my face and he was, and I would watch him shave and he would show me how to shave.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was, man, what days I, I hadn't thought about that in forever, man. that appreciate my dad teaching me that, you know, those practical little things uh, that I just take for granted yeah. that I'll just do now. Uh, number four, here's a, here's a really good one, especially these days, teach him to respect women. We have to teach our boys to respect women, to value them as equals and to help them understand. It's important to, to have these healthy relationships with women, meaning that have a, Healthy respect for your mother because she's simply your mother, (laughs) you know, teach them to have respect for girls that they may like. How do you treat a girl that you may like? Boys these days, uh, again, because of the fatherlessness and all the things going on, I mean, it's like they don't even know how to talk to just a girl. Uh, And maybe it's the porn stuff. Maybe it's all these other things going on in culture. All the confusion going on that they simply just don't know how to respect and treat a woman uh, with kindness, with honor and with nobility.
0: There was a time and like in the movies when you would see this scene played out over and over again, there'd be two schoolchildren and a little boy would be pulling the girls pigtails and she would cry and run off. And ultimately, when she was sharing what had happened with someone else, they would go, hmm. He probably likes you Mm. and see, that's a bad thing because clearly we'll do things to get attention and to say what we're trying to say. And if we don't know how to do that, we'll do things that end up being destructive or demeaning or hurtful and harmful trying to communicate that. And I think even at a very young age, man, we need to be talking to boys on how do you show interest In a girl. Yeah. You know, how do you ask a young lady when you're at a dance to go and dance? How do you respond when you go and ask somebody to dance and they decline until you know and everybody is watching? Because that's a moment that's going to happen to every boy. And I can remember a time, you know, seeing it play out and the person looking back at the girl and calling her a b, Because he didn't know how to respond in that moment of being turned down or denied or just She politely said no, but he needed to protect his, you know, persona and who he was. He hadn't been taught how to handle that situation. So, all of these practical moments that we know that kind of left us speechless as we were growing up, I think that's a great place for every man as he's challenged to. Uh, train his boy is what situation did I feel out of place in? Yeah, because for me, man, you know, anything athletic, I didn't have anybody to show me how to do that. So I made sure that not only my son, but my daughter knew how to, you know, swing a bat, throw a ball, just all these practical skills, because in the in the arena of childhood, those kinds of things matter. They are separators. And if you're the one that can't catch the ball every day in P.E., it's going to cause you to get ridiculed male or female. So it's important that we teach them all of these tiny things and how to react in these high pressure moments too.
1: Yeah. And if you don't teach your kids those things, they'll become a drug dealer.
0: Why are you looking at me when you say I'm that? Just,
1: I'm just, you know, okay. free fires on keeping Th- this it real. Is,
0: this is not that episode though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was great.
1: Uh, man, here's a, here's a really good one. Personally, I think. <laughs> Cause you wrote them all. <laughs> <laughs> you love them all. <laughs> is build resilience. Yeah in your boys. And you do that by helping them cope with challenges that they'll face, setbacks what you were just talking about, you know, the things that could become a negative and could keep a kid from doing something, building resilience in them will help them fight those fears and like you said, you talk to your kids how to they can talk to an adult and go, ah, "You know, I don't agree with that." That's that's a resilience sure uh, that you've built in them. Because basically, it's teaching them to learn from their mistakes and keep trying and not give up and not stop doing the thing that they failed in. But no, you keep pushing because if you keep doing this over time, you will succeed. Yeah. Uh, And
0: I think that's really important. There is a personality to JT that it's going to push for its idea of what needs to be done every time. Mm. There's this person that's always going to push to see that whatever they want done gets done their way. And it's important that our kids understand that while we can respect authority and we can respect great ideas, sometimes that person's idea is not the best one. So resilience in that place for me is having the guts to be able to say, well, what about this? Mm-hmm. Even with our bosses or people that are in control or people maybe more educated than us in a particular area. We still have a voice at the table, but we have to be prepared that when our children use that ta- talent towards us, that we don't shut it down. Yeah. You know, well, that's just what I say. I mean, if we're going to encourage this thing, we have to be able to encourage it and have have the understanding that it's going to be directed at us sometimes. But resilience is a good one.
1: And sometimes it's teaching your kid from your mistake. You know, Dad did this. You know, man, it was really stupid. I shouldn't have done that. You know, so I need, I need to change the way that I do that, or keep trying a different way. Uh, Again, kids watching, they're, they're they're learning from how you handle these situations, and if you're not
0: resilient, your kids are probably not going to be resilient. Yeah. You know, and JT, you alluded to it a little bit, but, you know, I've had a, a very violent past and I've done some very violent things and I've been been in trouble with the law. I've broke a lot of laws. You know, I've I've done some things that are completely illegal, but I, I for a long time, I didn't want to share that with my children.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when I began to share that with my children, it taught my children that it's not necessarily how you start. Mm hmm. But it's how you finish. Yeah, sure. And that's another kind of identifier of resilience. You can keep going despite having made some mistakes and continue on and do some things that are positive and and things that you can be proud of. And my children look at me all the time and go, Dad, I can't believe that you did X. I can't believe that you were the guy that did this or did that. So that's important for us to be honest and teach people that we don't always hit a home run every time we swing swing the bat sometimes we strike out but then what yeah. what do we do next and
1: this is where I work ethic comes in too because i've done a lot of things that i didn't want to do but it was necessary to be done sure. in order to finish a project or whatever and that's one thing that i've i've done a fairly decent job at in all of my children and all of my kids um, who are older now but is all of them had a work ethic. All of them watched me work. Now I probably was a workaholic there for a season of my life. But they they saw me do things that I I didn't like enjoy doing, but it was necessary to do and that built a resilience in me. Now this was completely from my father. For yeah. sure from my dad. Watching him, you know, work and do things with his hands and there were certain parts that he didn't enjoy about it, but there are certain parts that he really enjoyed, but he had to get through the things that he didn't enjoy to get to the thing that he did. And it was just watching him do that over and over and over again. And just doing it the right way. He was my dad was huge on, you know, you do things the right way. It doesn't matter who's looking, if nobody's looking, you still do it this way. Yeah. And uh, that just built again, that's a resilience and, and work ethic. That honestly, I think is missing a lot today. Sure. A lot of people don't, they don't like something. They just don't, they won't do it or they'll go, they'll change career or they'll do something else and not persevere. And it's a big experiment right now to see where they'll end up in the next 20, 30, 40 years.
0: Right. And it's OK to do those things that you enjoy. But the thing is that you won't enjoy everything that you do. Correct.
1: And, we, and and again, that's up to us dads and mentors and grandfathers and friends and coaches and uncles to do that. Now, that's where sports is a great, great avenue to teach that, because you may not enjoy the whole aspect of the sport you're playing but well, you, there are aspects that you enjoy, but you got to do the things. You got to practice. You got to lift weights. You got to do all the things in, that nobody sees on the field in order to do the things on the field that you need to do.
0: Right. To get you a number call. Yeah, that's correct.
1: Okay. And lastly, and this is probably one of the most important, is you have to foster a love for learning and curiosity in your kid and yeah. your boy. Now, this is where when they're younger, it can get on your nerves because they ask so many questions. You know, why do we do this? Why does that come up? Because they're trying to figure it out and they need you to help them figure that out. Uh, this is one thing that I and he's sitting in here. But this is one thing I really I've watched Jonas do uh, as I've watched him because I've known him since he was in freshman, I think, in high school. Sure. Is he's always curious about things and he's always willing to learn something new, try something new, try food he's never tried. You know that that curiosity uh, is what grows him, self-development, his mind, his experiences in life. Yeah, of course. Uh, and I think that probably came from his dad. Having that same curiosity about life, learning things, I mean I know his dad too, and he's you know he he gets excited when new things come out because it's something that he can learn and, and be of more service to his clients than what he does for a living so but yeah. that love of learning, reading books, experiencing new things, I remember as a kid, my dad teaching me how to play pool, and it's funny because <laughs> Yeah, he would never <laughs> let me win ever like you said a while ago that sometimes we let our kids you know yeah. kind of pin- no never. that was not in my house my dad was a pool shark by the way so i i think the first time i beat him i'm dead serious i think i was 17 and we <laughs> i mean i was playing pool when i was 10 yeah i don't think i ever beat him until i and i thought I was king of the world when I beat him. Absolutely. And I didn't beat him. He actually made a mistake. So (laughs) that's not really winning. I mean, it is, but he made the mistake and I won. But again, teaching those things of being curious, I was always watching him play pool and what he did and why would he do that? And because I was trying to beat him. Yeah. So I was trying to imitate what he was doing, which it took me forever to figure it out but again that curiosity that learning putting your boys in a position where they do learn something maybe you want take a walk in nature take a hike take you know there's so many apps now there's an app I, I couldn't believe this that you could take a picture of a plant and it'll tell you everything about that plant yeah it's like wow i mean learning is so easy these days i agree it just the internet has made it easy to learn, but we have to feed that appetite in our kids.
0: Yeah, and we we create it we can create that appetite as well. But what I want to tell you is there are some men out there that have not had the advantage of being fathered. Mm -hmm. There are some sons out there that have not had the benefit that you've had for someone to give you those kinds of examples. And it's very similar for me, but this one about learning is a big deal for me. Like, I always feel that I wish I had gone to college, gone Mm -hmm. to university, you know, and all these things. But what I can do at this point, and I started this, I don't remember when, but I've always liked words. So if someone in conversation or on TV or in a song, they said a word and I didn't know what it was. I have always looked that word up. sure did. I yeah. look a word up to find out what it is. And I taught my children to do that when they would say something or I might say something to, th- to them and they didn't understand it. I go, go look it up. And nobody wants to do that. They just they you you have the answer. Just give me the answer. But I bred it in them and I encouraged it in them to go and look the word up because it will increase your vocabulary. And it's very helpful just to continue to learn all the time. But I said that to say this, there are going to be things in our lives, man, that we are weak at, that we don't perform well in. And it's going to be left up to us to seek out people around us to fill those empty spaces and podcasts like this. There are books, there are men around you that you can go and sit down with and have a conversation. There's mechanics, there's somebody in every trade that would love to have you come and spend an hour with them and just watch them do what they do. And if you don't have the ability in yourself to say, hey, this is a place that I'm not well versed in, I need to go and learn. If you don't have the humility to say that there is a need there, you will never go and seek that information. So podcasts, books, people, experts, all that. People love to share what they know. And as you are going through life, as you identify another place that you're weak in, get around somebody that's really good at it. Yeah, Just get around them and ask them questions. But you have to have a certain humility in you to be able to do that. But it's how we fill those empty spaces in our lives.
1: How many times have you heard me say, we don't have an information problem. We have an implementation problem. Right. Yeah. Information is out there everywhere. We just have to instill it and put it into our lives so as a recap as we as we land this plane uh, again one was you are the role model you should be the number one role model in your son's life and again single mothers divorced moms that don't have that role model maybe they're all the time definitely find someone that can be a role model whether it's grandfather uncle coach Somebody in the church, uh, whatever church you go to, whatever religion you're in, there's there's going to be somebody that
0: can be the role model as a man for your son. And don't focus on the things that you don't know. Yeah. The small things that you do know, impart those, yes. impart 100% of those. Yes, there's going to be some things that you don't know. But don't worry about those. You can educate yourself and then share them. But the things that you do know that you have grasped at this point, share.
1: Yeah. Number two was foster independence. You know, teaching them to make decisions, you know, letting them make decisions, take the responsibility of that decision, teaching them to be self-sufficient and to even take care of himself, even the practical way of grooming, taking a shower, you know, my Some of my kids used to fight taking a shower. Like, why don't I need to take, cause you stink. That's why you take a shower. Number, the next one is teach him to respect women. Super important to teach him to value women as equal. Next one was to, we said, promote uh, physical activity or rough play. I mean, it's important that you spend that time with your kid wrestling around you, know, you being uh, active physically showing them that hey this is important uh, in life to be that uh, the next one was build resilience helping your boy uh, build resilience by teaching them how to cope with challenges and setbacks because that will help him learn from his mistakes and keep going sure uh, and lastly foster the love of learning and curiosity because that is lifelong. That is some, all of these things are things that will last a lifetime. And then they'll turn around and teach it to their sons and their daughters. Because that's one of the arts of being a great man.
0: To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen, Anthony, or JT to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. There, you'll also find incredible resources to help you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Wise Company production.